Grab a seat, grab a Bible. Oh my goodness, it's good to see you all this morning. You doing okay today, Clear Creek? You okay? You alive? Is Jesus alive? Are you doing okay then? I'm glad to hear it. My name is Josh. If you're a guest with us, welcome. It means a lot to us that you would join us any day, but today is a great day to be here because we're going to dive just in a moment, not yet, but in a moment into a continued series. And if you're kind of curious a little bit about who the church is, what, what this crazy gathering is all about, we're going to continue that conversation. Let's jump back in to where we're going today with a series called, I Love My Church, because we recognize that when people ask the question, what do you think of when you think of church, often folk have different pictures that come to mind. And sometimes the pictures that come to mind about the church are not the pictures that God has when he thinks of the church. You say, well, Josh, how do you know that? Well, because the Bible tells us what God thinks of when he thinks of the church. In fact, the word church, it's a, it's a fine word, but it doesn't explain what we are here for. And so last week we began, and we'll do this every week, but I want you to know what the church is for. Last week we said that the little word that we see in our Bibles translated church comes from a Greek word. The Greek word is ekklesia. Everybody, let's say ekklesia. Ecclesia, and it simply means the called out people of God. And if you read the rest of Scripture, you could tag on to that. The called out people of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit to change the world. In other words, what we said last week, and we'll say every week until Jesus comes back, the church is a people, not a place. Next slide. The church is a people, not a place. The church is not this building. The church is not a steeple. The church is the called out people of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit to change the word, which means you, my friend, if you are a follower of Jesus, congrats, you are the church. We are the church. So what does that mean? What do we do? So we're looking at metaphors, pictures, descriptive ideas in the Bible to help us understand better what it means to be the church because we do not simply want to gather on Sundays to do church. We want to be equipped Monday through Saturday to be the church. Does this make sense? Are you with me? So we're going to continue today. Last week we looked at the first metaphor, which is the church is a bride. And, and if you go, wait, what? Go back and listen to it. I want you to know what that means. I don't have time to recap it today. But today we're going to look at another one from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So grab your Bibles, open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to pay real close attention. I'm not going to tell you what the metaphor is, but rather as we read it, I want to see if you can identify the metaphor that the writer of this letter, a man named Paul, uses when he says, here's what the church is like. Are you ready? So here's what it is. He says, the, what's the next slide say? Body. Hmm. Is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many parts. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. 
And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body or in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Are you guys catching a theme here by chance? Okay, just let's keep going. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment. Keep going here. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Now, this next verse, you got to see this one. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And verse 27 summarizes the whole thing. You are, now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Okay, pop quiz, church. What metaphor is Paul using to describe all of us? A body. Congratulations, you got it. The church, a body. The church, a body. And Paul, he's dealing with the church there in the city of Corinth. Corinth was this metropolis, this magnificent large city with all sorts of industry and arts and economy. It was a great city to live in, lots to do. But the Corinthian church, man, they were a divided church. In fact, if you read through the letters that Paul writes to them, much of his instruction is to address the divisions in this church. And he says, that's not how it's supposed to be, fellas and ladies. You are together. And so he says to them what I believe we in the 21st century church need to hear today. We're a body. And this means two things, and we're going to go through this relatively quickly, but here's the first one. We are, as the body, we are connected to Christians. As a body, we are connected to Christians. In fact, if you want to kind of play this out, Paul's basically saying three things real quickly here. He's saying three things. Number one, he is saying, you have a role. Number two, he says, it's important. And number three, we need you. We need you. You have a role. It's important, and we need you. He begins by saying there's one body but many parts. Praise God, we're not all alike. Can I get an amen? Some of you have the ODD gene. You know what that is, right? The odd gene. Everyone else is going, thank you, God, that I'm not like just everyone else. Some of us have abilities in one way, in other ways. We have different skills, different abilities. We are all different, but God uses us for one body, one purpose. In fact, consider this with me for a moment. Have you noticed that in a lot of the monster movies that are out, 
You get like this, this, this person or this monster that looks sort of like a human, but there's something that's just exaggerated and it makes it look monstrous, right? So it is a humanoid looking monster with like this great big eyeball or this humanoid looking thing, but it's got this incredibly long mouth with big teeth and you just go, something's wrong with it. Something, or it's, or it's a, this monster with great big hands and this is terrifying. Here's the thing. It doesn't take much to make the body monstrous. All it takes is for some parts to think they're bigger than they really are or for other parts to completely step out of the picture. You and I are parts of the body. And in fact, you have a role, but you're important. And it is vital that you are involved in the body of Christ. You say, how do you know? Well, let me ask you this question. Just for a moment, pause. Um, and, and do sort of a body inventory. Begin with your toes. Wiggle them if you want. Go ahead, just wiggle those little guys. Girls, whatever. <laughs> Then work your way up. Notice your knees. Then, then, then your hips. Maybe your lower back. Some of us who are starting to experience the wear and tear of life. Uh, what about your stomach? Are you feeling hungry? Did you eat before you came? Did you go into the cafe and get something and wishing you could go back for thirds or fourths or fifths? Uh, oh, what about your hands? Go ahead and just sort of wiggle those fingers. Can you wiggle your fingers? Do you feel them? What about your shoulders? Do you feel those? Your neck? Now, quick question If you were walking along later today, you leave the building, and all of a sudden, as you're walking along, your hand falls off. (laughs) Yeah, oh no. How many of us would go, meh, I don't need it? No, you'd get that checked out. You're walking along, your left eyeball, like a pit. How many of us would just say, I got another? I'm okay. Every part matters on your body. This is why every one matters in God's body. There are no exceptions. Uh, There is but one part of the human body that is not in God's body. You want to know what it is? The appendix. How many of you have had your appendix removed? Anyone a part of the appendix free club? Yeah, I had a buddy, middle school, woke up late in the middle of the night. His name is Dustin. Woke up in the middle of the night with this great big pain in the side. He goes, or whichever. I'm a preacher, not a biologist. But somewhere here, he goes in, come to find out his appendix has ruptured. They quickly go in, they remove it. I find out about this because he's bragging to everyone that he gets to eat ice cream for like three days straight. I'm going, how does that work? He said, well, I had this thing in me. I didn't need it anymore, so they got rid of it, and I get ice cream as the exchange. I said, wow. I said, wait, you don't need it? He says, well, doctors don't know what it's for. Let me tell you something, church. You may not know what you're here for, but that doesn't mean God doesn't know what you're here for. You have a job. You have a role. It is important And the church desperately needs you. In fact, we've got teams helping out throughout the church this morning. In fact, there's one team right now that is helping us. And you may not see them weekend and week out, but their presence is felt. 
anyone know which team I'm talking about? The AV team. Okay, that's, that's okay. Tim, this is the only time you get an ovation for turning the lights out on me. Good job. But think about this. There are parts of the body, Paul says, that, that we don't notice maybe as much, but those, he says in verse 22, are in, in just, we got to have them. You, you, you can't live without them. In fact, there are some parts that we don't notice until something goes wrong. Have you noticed that it's often the only time certain people ever get an attaboy or, or rather someone even speaks to them is when the things don't go right? Well, why did they stay so long in that slide? Or why did they do this? Why d- Wouldn't it be amazing if the comments every person serving in this church heard were not, why didn't you, but thank you for doing? You've got a role. It's important. We need you. Hey, and I want to play this out just a little bit more. Here's the reality. In verse 12, Paul says that we are all members of how many bodies, church? One body, Christ's body. His body does not simply exist in this building right here, does it? Are are we the only parts of God's body? No. Now, we are a portion of it, and together we function as a body, of course, but this is not the only grouping that is the body of Christ. Rather, right now, there are Christians gathering all over our city who are a part of Jesus' body. There are those who are gathering around the state of Tennessee the United States, North America, the Western Hemisphere, the globe, right now over 2 billion, with a B, people are a part of one body. Now, Paul makes an interesting point. If one part of the body checks out, it affects the entire body. How do we know this? Let's just talk for a moment here. Uh, You and I, we have fully functioning bodies, hopefully, correct? We are connected, everything, you know. Uh, What's the old song? Head, shoulders, knees, and... Knees, and... Head, shoulders, knees, and... Knees, and... I got a kid back here who knows the song. We are all connected. Now, think about this. If I do not show up on Sunday, yes, there will be a mild worship party that breaks out. I get that. But if you don't show up, if you're not here, not just on Sunday, but if you're not a part of this body, this whole body is incapable of fulfilling its purposes fully. I remember in 2004, I guess it was, excuse me, summer of 2005, I was working at a church in Texas. I was their intern. And that summer, I broke my right ankle. I was on crutches for six weeks. Just as it's starting to get a little bit better, I break my left ankle back on the crutches. Now, the reality is for a season, I could manage with just one foot, but not for long. In fact, there were things I could not do or do well because one part was not functioning. Hear me now. If one of us is not functioning, it affects the body, but not just our church. If we are part of God's global body, then the Clear Creek family has a role that plays out in our city, does it not? We have a role to play in God's kingdom here in Chattanooga. 
And if our city is not fulfilling its purpose because our church is not fulfilling its purpose because a person is not fulfilling its purpose, then the state is being affected. And if the state isn't, then the country. And if the country, then the Northern Hemisphere. Do you see how one person impacts the global church? You have a role. It's important. And boy, oh boy, do we need you. In fact, you are so important. Paul will say that when one person is hurting, it hurts everyone, doesn't it? Verse 26, he says, hey, uh, when one part of the body suffers, the whole body is suffering. And you know this, don't you? Hey, when you have a tummy ache, what does the rest of your body do? Oh, man, it curls up in sympathy, doesn't it? You're like, it's the tummy. You're like, but your leg is fine. That's true, but I'm just going to stick around here until the tummy feels better. We are a family. We're a part of We're just going to hang together. Have you ever had a headache? Your head hurts. The rest of your body decides to stop. We're not going to do anything until the head feels better. In fact, this hand, you say, well, what is this hand going to do? This hand's going to go over and turn off the light just so long as the head can rest. What about this hand? Well, while this one's turning off the light, this hand in sympathy is going to come up and do this little number. I know how you feel. It's going to be okay, buddy. Right? We're not going anywhere until the head feels better. The church is a body, and when one part suffers, hear me now, we all suffer. When you're hurting, we hurt for you. We we hurt for you. Last Sunday after service, a sweet sister in Christ, Stacy Alexander, came up to me after service and said, you know what, I love my church. And I said, really? She goes, yeah. My daddy died just a couple weeks earlier. And she said, I called one of the ministers here, Evan Aldridge, and she said, this church showed up. People came, they called, they sent notes, they encouraged. I had people coming to the funeral. She said, I love my church. And do you know why she loves you? It's because when one part suffers, the whole body says, we're in this together. But it doesn't just say when one part suffers, we all suffer. It says when one part rejoices, the rest rejoice. So when you have a baby, we rejoice that you've had a child. When you get the job, we rejoice that you get the job. When you have that promotion, we are excited. When you get into that school, we're excited. We celebrate together. Family, let us never be so petty as to be jealous of the success of another member of our body. How petty would it be to say, oh, I wanted this job, or I wanted a new job, or we've been praying for this, and, but you got it. May we always be a church that celebrates together. When one of us wins, we all get to win together. So he says, number one, we are connected to Christ. And then the second thing he says is this, and we are directed by Christ. Connected and directed. We are connected and we are directed. In verse 18, notice what he says right here. He says, but in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Hear me now. Some of you right now are saying, well, that sounds great, but I don't have a place. I I just, I'm not sure what I'm here for. Let me tell you, I'll say it again. Just because you don't know why you're here doesn't mean God doesn't have a plan for you being here. 
You have a job and he has put you here in this time, this place for a purpose. And in fact, we're told not only is, is God the one who is arranging and placing us, but Christ himself, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. Now let's talk about the head for a moment. What does the head do? Well, the head directs the body. The head tells the feet to go this way. The head tells the hands to do certain things, to pick up stuff. And the head, by the way, the head, if it is functioning properly, never, never calls the body to hurt itself. The head protects the body. Have you noticed this? The head loves the body. The head protects the body. The head, the head. Jesus is the head of the church. By the way, Scripture says that God chooses certain men to help lead the local congregations. These are called elders. We have a leadership team here of elders, of leaders in the church who direct what happens here. But understand, no one person is the senior pastor of the Clear Creek Church Our senior pastor is Jesus Christ. He leads the church. He is our head. And it is our responsibility as members of the body to stay connected with him, to listen to what he says, and to do what he tells us to do. In fact, have you ever considered the fact that the head not only directs, but most of what we know about the world comes from and through the head? Uh, Think this with me. Uh, How many senses do we have? I'm not talking about the movie with Ruth Wilson in it. Okay, the other ones, right? We have five senses. We have this sense of sight, of hearing, of smell, taste, and we have the sense of touch, correct? Now consider this with me. A body that loses its head loses four of those five Senses. No head, you can't see. No head, you can't hear. No head, you can't smell. No head, you can't taste or speak. Here's the reality. A church that chooses not to remain connected to Christ can only rely on their sense of feelings. How do I feel about this? How does that make me feel? In fact, the reason some Christians live their lives based on what's going on around them is because they're not listening to the head, they're listening to their heart. No, I'll tell you what's happened. They're letting their feelings dictate what they do. We remain connected and directed by the head. You are directed by Jesus Christ. We are directed. In fact, have you ever heard the phrase, oh, that person, they lost their head? You ever heard someone say that? Someone blows up on another person, they, they yell, they, they, they give them the one finger salute, they do something they shouldn't do, and they say, ah, I just, I, I lost my head. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Because Jesus is the head and he directs us how we should live. The church is connected to Christians and directed by the head. You are important. You have an important job to do. We need you. I'm reminded of this every week, how our church is beautifully built together when I hear our praise team leading our gatherings in song and when Jim or Paul or last week Michael or when people are up here and they're leading, I I just, I kind of go, wow. 
I go, that, what a skill. And by the way, if you're saying, man, I just don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what my role is. Here's what I would tell you to do. You go to the next step station. You go to the next step booth right out here. And it will become our responsibility to help you find a place. You say, yeah, but isn't there something more? Yes, on Wednesday night, I'm going to show you how God has wired you to be who you are. The five parts in each one of us that makes us uniquely skilled and crafted for the purpose God has given us. But you have a role. And I remind you of the fact that not every one of us can do everything. In fact, last night we had Michael and Abby over for dinner. And we have a piano right there in the house. And my son Stephen played a little song. It was great. It was fun. And and Michael and Abby, they were so sweet, and they listened. And then Michael said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I dabble. And the boy does not dabble. He got down there, and, he, and we said, well, what are you going to play? He goes, well, I, I just kind of like, I like sort of jazz. And he just, and we're like, where did this secret skill come from? It's beautiful. He has a talent and a skill from God. And here's the reality. You may have a gift that you don't realize is a gift from God because it just comes so naturally to you. I don't have that gift. But some of you do. Did you know that according to most surveys, the number one fear of people is public speaking? Do you want to know what the second fear for most people is? Death. That means... Some of you would rather die than get up in front of people. But me, man, I love this. It's not the being in front. It's I I love getting to say, look at what we see in here. I walk around the house talking to myself. I'll have a kid or my wife say, who are you talking to? And I'm thinking, many people. And by the way, don't leave early. I see you leaving early on Sundays. Don't do that. You stick around. Because here's the thing. We got different gifts and skills. There are some of you. Listen to me. Listen to me. Some of you. Some of you have the gift of compassion. You care for people in profound, deep ways. And when someone is hurting, you show up. And your spiritual gift is casserole. Bring the casserole. You show up, be there for the body. I think, about, um, I, I think about our finance team that we have here at church. There are men and women with the spiritual gift of Excel spreadsheets. They are so good at it. And, and they'll sit and they'll look at this and, and they'll kind of figure out the numbers. Now, I do not sit in any of those meetings. But Jake Hendricks, our executive minister, he'll sit through them and he'll come and he'll say, okay, so here's sort of the bottom line and a blank stare comes over my face. And I want to know one question. Is everything okay? And he says, yes. And I go, great. And some of you have just sighed a sigh of relief knowing that your preacher has nothing to do with the finances here. Praise God. But I got to tell you, for the mission God has given our church, the size of it, I am so grateful that he has placed within this church men and women who have keen minds, who understand numbers, because that is a gift from God for the benefit of the body. I think about so many of our young parents who have their first child, and they're terrified. I mean, mean, this first kid, they're not going to just drop their first child off just anywhere Now, second or third child, they'll just kick them out at the curb and go, right? But that first child, precious baby, they roll into the church and they come to our preschool and they they 
see the person who's going to be loving on their child. They bring this little kid in, and later the child comes out. They hear about Jesus. They learn about Jesus. They love Jesus. They pat the Bible when they're little. They draw papers when they get just a little bit older. And this happens so frequently that children will come out of their class and they will tell their mamas, they'll tell their daddies, they'll say, I love my church. And they'll start saying, when do I get to go back to my church? Now you tell me, in the life of that new mama and daddy, who is the most important person, me or the one who's caring for their kiddo? We are all important We are connected and we're directed. And so my question as we finish this morning is simply this. How are you connected in the body? How are you leveraging what God has given you so that the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, may fulfill the purpose for which God has placed us on this earth? And if you're not sure, we would love to help you take your next step. 